Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory. Glory is light. The scriptures call him the light of the world, the bright and morning star, the true light, the son of righteousness and more. The redeemed have mockingly been accused of seeing the light, and of course we have, a glorious light that shines forth in the midst of angry darkness. Have you seen the light? Would you like all your questions answered and all your darkness dispelled by the sunshine of God's love, Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory? Would you like your history of sin and shame expunged from your record? Would you like to have a new father, a new beginning, a new name, and a new eternal purpose and a peace that passeth understanding? You can have it today. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. God said, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God said, Genesis 2, 19, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Man said, Given enough time and chance, anything is possible and even probable. Now the record. Men stare into space with their telescopes and search the invisible biology of life with their microscopes. They see the magnificence of creation and then attribute it to evolution's time, chance, and need. Man who is made in the image, likeness, and glory of God is reduced to a slimy life form that crawls out of some unknown kind of primordial soup. Surely the scriptures define this carnal psychosis in Romans 1, 21 through 23, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise." They became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. An obvious and ultimate demonstration of the 180 is displayed here. Man who is made in the very image and glory of God has been reduced in the minds of the foolish to a creeping thing. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature article 702 that will once again confirm the full inerrancy of God's holy word. All of these marvelous features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and as bait for the fishers of men. Every Thursday eve, God willing, they grow by one. Be sure to take advantage of three very useful tools on God Said, Man Said. One, you have questions, God has answers. Whatever your question, type a keyword into the search bar top right and watch the screen populate with related information from Adam and Eve to quantum physics. 2. Use the tell a friend feature above to send a message to someone you love. 
It is so quick and easy. Three, imagine you can download nearly 170 hours of God Said, Man Said features to your electronic device. Listen to one every day. Thank you for coming. May God's face shine upon you with light and truth. If the mind and its brain was created by evolution's time, chance, and need, what do we say then about the hard-to-fathom marvels of the human brain? Man has been made in the image, likeness, and glory of God. If this is true, we should find proof of God in the human brain. God Said, Man Said has published numerous features concerning the miracle of human intelligence. Several excerpts follow. From the God Said, Man Said feature, the superhuman brain. It used to be said that man used about 10% of his brain capacity, but just recently science revealed we use only a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of our brains and that the human brain has infinite capabilities. It would almost sound braggadocious if it were not for the fact that we are designed in God's image and have between our ears God's brain power, God's computer power. Consider this information about your brain. There are at least 10 billion, perhaps as many as 100 billion neurons in your brain, each of which is connected to between 5,000 and 50,000 other neurons. Add it all up and you get at least 10 to the 14th power or 100 trillion nerve cell connections in your head. Michael Denton in his book Evolution, A Theory in Crisis, reports the following. Altogether, the total number of connections in the human brain approaches 10 to the 15th power, or a thousand million million. Neurons in the order of 10 to the 15 are, of course, completely beyond comprehension. Imagine an area about half the size of the United States, one million square miles, covered in a forest of trees containing 10,000 trees per square mile. If each tree contained 100,000 leaves, the total number of leaves in the forest will be 10 to the 15th power, equivalent to the number of connections in the human brain, end of quote. Information theorist John Newman once estimated that the memory stored in the human brain during an average lifetime would amount to approximately 2.8 times 10 to the 20th power, or 28 with 19 zeros after it in information bits. The brain is a literal pharmaceutical manufacturing plant and administering medical team all in one. It creates from the materials at hand a magnificent array of drugs and medications and automatically administers them when needed. Imagine, your brain weighs only three pounds, yet a computer with the same number of bits would be 100 stories tall and cover the state of Texas. Do you need more proof that your brain is made in God's likeness? Consider this. To build a building 100 stories tall that would cover the state of Texas and then fill it with information bits would cost more than the aggregate wealth of the world. Your godlike brain has infinite capabilities and is beyond price. So much for the evolutionary gibberish that says we evolved because of need. We are all equipped with brain capabilities so vast and so far past our needs it's unfathomable. End of quotes. From the God Said, Man Said feature, the superhuman brain, too. The human brain single-handedly destroys the evolutionary premise that time, chance, and need creates life. Unfortunately for this evolutionary premise, the brain that exists between our ears has infinite capabilities, which we are only just beginning to become aware of. 
Evolutionary paleontologist Leslie Alio of University College London said in reference to the human brain, We don't evolve large and expensive organs unless there is a reason. End of quote. She is right, of course, but fails to make the obvious God connection. We are all equipped with brain capabilities so vast and so past our needs that it's unfathomable. The godlike brain is by far the world's most underdeveloped resource. It is one of the last vestiges of our supernatural origin when man was immortal and dwelt in a place called paradise. The incredible brain continually boggles rationalization and scientific scrutiny. The question posed in February 2004 issue of Discover magazine was, one of the great questions of human existence is whether we are smart enough to figure out how our brains work. End of quote. In John Horgan's book, The Undiscovered Mind, he refers to an interview with Nobel Prize winner neuroscientist Torsten Weissel, who went on to become president of Rockefeller University, concerning the U.S. Congress's designation of the 1990s as the decade of the brain. He writes, The idea was foolish, he grumbled. We need at least a century, maybe even a millennium, to comprehend the brain. We still don't even understand how C. elegans works, he continued, referring to a tiny worm that serves as a laboratory for molecular and cellular biologists. Scientists have discovered some simple mechanisms in the brain, but they still do not really understand how the brain develops in the womb and beyond, how the brain ages, how memory works. We are at the very early stage of brain science. South Florida Sun Centennial columnist Nancy McVicker reported on the 2002 PBS series titled The Secret Life of the Brain, and she wrote, A baby's brain in the first year of life may be the most complex organism on Earth, wiring itself to form 1,000 trillion connections between brain cells, many more than there are stars in the universe. End of quote. Again, an excerpt from John Horgan. Given their poor record to date, I fear that neuroscience, psychology, psychiatry, and other fields addressing the mind might be bumping up against fundamental limits of science. Scientists may never completely succeed in healing, replicating, or explaining the human brain. Our minds may always remain to some extent undiscovered. Finally, Horgan writes, inner space may be science's final and eternal frontier, end of quote. From the God Said, Man Said feature, Changing Your Brain. Not only is the human brain equipped with godlike and therefore ever-expanding capabilities, but he created us to interact with him. New research published in 2009 in Newberg and Waldman's book, How God Changes Your Brain, it sheds additional light on the subject of neuroplasticity. The following excerpts are from Newberg and Waldman's book. Contemplating God Will Change Your Brain but I want to point out that meditating on other grand themes will also change your brain. If you contemplate the Big Bang or immerse yourself in the study of evolution or choose to play a musical instrument for that matter, you'll change the neural circuitry in ways that enhance your cognitive health. But religious and spiritual contemplation changes your brain in a profoundly different way because it strengthens a unique neural circuit that specifically enhances social awareness and empathy while subduing destructive feelings and emotions. 
This is precisely the kind of neural change we need to make if we want to solve the conflicts that currently afflict our world. And the underlying mechanism that allows these changes to occur relates to a unique quality known as neuroplasticity, the ability of the human brain to structurally rearrange itself in response to a wide variety of positive and negative events. If we combine all of the research on neuroplasticity, we must conclude that neurons do not have fixed properties or positions. Instead, they are changing all the time, triggered by competition, environmental changes, and education. So what does neuroplasticity have to do with God? Everything. For if you contemplate something as complex or mysterious as God, you're going to have incredible bursts of neural activity firing in different parts of your brain. New dendrites will rapidly grow and old associations will disconnect as new imaginative perspectives emerge. End quote. Godlike brain capabilities and functional information existed between Adam's ears day one of his beginning. He was pre-programmed by God with a magnificent database of knowledge. He spoke a grammatically correct language and named all of God's creatures, including his wife Eve. The famed historian Josephus, who was born a few years after the time of Christ, cites archaeological discoveries that reveal that Adam's son Seth left the written record on two pillars. It would be easy to believe that God's perfect man, Adam, who was equipped with a marvelous information base, could read, write, do mathematical computations, and so much more. New discoveries concerning inherited savant-like skills will drive home this point. Adam was not a grunting caveman. He was created in the image and glory of God. If the concept of Adam's pre-programming raises your eyebrows, consider that between your ears exists a pre-programmed pharmacy, a coordinating body clock, a regulator of the heartbeat and lung function, and more. In the May 2014 issue of Popular Mechanics, under the heading of 62nd Genius, we find the following. The goal is to create a brain pacemaker that uploads memories into people with Alzheimer's disease. A pacemaker would provide basic memory skills for people who have fading memories. Beyond that, we could be implanted with all kinds of knowledge. Unemployed workers could be instantly implanted with new technical skills. Students will be able to learn calculus in an instant. I'm sure parents will want to put memories into their children of bad things to avoid. Further down the line, you might experience the vacations you've never had or relationships with people you've never met. Last year, the first memory was implanted into a mouse at MIT. Very soon, we're going to be uploading simple memories into primates, and after that, humans. End of quote. Did Adam inherit from God phenomenal capabilities, and as today's science begin to discover this truth? Psychiatrist Dr. A. Treffert began researching the savant phenomenon in 1962. He authored a feature in Scientific American that was discussed in the God Said, Man Said feature, The Critics in Adam's Penmanship. A few paragraphs from that feature follow. The August 2014 issue of Scientific American published a six-page feature titled Accidental Genius. In the article, research addressed the concept of acquired savantism. Through an accidental blow to the head or a traumatic experience of some kind, 
People have been known to emerge from that experience with with unearthly and unlearned savant-like skills in music, math, or other subjects and still retain normalcy, following our few excerpts from that feature. Discover of this unusual phenomenon raises the possibility that dormant potential in some artistic or intellectual realm and inner savant resides in each of us. If so, Perhaps a way can be found to tap these buried abilities in the absence of disease or injury. One plausible explanation for the hidden talents that emerge in savant syndrome, whether early in life or induced by injury, is that these reservoirs of skill and knowledge must be inherited in some way. We do not start life with a blank slate that subsequently gets inscribed through education and other life experiences. The brain may come loaded with a set of innate predispositions for processing what it sees or for understanding the rules of music, art, or mathematics. Savants can tap into that inherited knowledge far better than the average person can, end of quote. Finally, Treffert writes, A technology solution may not be an absolute prerequisite, however. Meditation or simple adherence to assiduous practice of an artistic skill may suffice to allow us to switch on the more creative right side of the brain and thus explore undiscovered artistic capabilities. Acquired savantism provides strong evidence that a deep well of brain potential resides within us all. The challenge now is to find the best ways to tap into our inner savant, that little bit of rain man, while keeping the rest of our mental facilities intact. End of quote. For more information on savantism, Scientific American offers the following. 1. Savant-like skills exposed in normal people by suppressing the left frontotemporal lobe, Alan W. Snyder. 2. Islands of genius, the bountiful mind of the autistic, acquired, and sudden savant, Donald A. Treffert. 3. Struck by genius, how a brain injury made me a mathematical marvel, Jason Paget and Moran Seberg. Mr. Treffer suggests meditation as a way to open up the inner savant. As the believer meditates upon the Word of God and practices the principle he discovers, he will find that wisdom will begin to multiply. A host of verses declare this scientific truth. One good example is Psalms 19.7, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The human brain defies evolution's time, chance, and need and testifies of the glory of God. God's word is true and righteous altogether, every single word. God said, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. God said, Romans 12, 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God said, Genesis 2:19, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. 
and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Man said, Given enough time and chance, anything is possible and even probable. Now you have the record.